with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. On a Sabbath, Jesus went to dine at the home of one of the leading Pharisees. And the people there were observing him carefully. He told a parable to those who had been invited, noticing how they were choosing the places of honor at the table. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not recline at the table in the place of honor. A more distinguished guest than you may have been invited by him. And the host who invited both you may approach you and say, Give your place to this man. And then you would proceed with embarrassment to take the lowest place. Rather, when you are invited, go and take the lowest place, so that when the host comes to you, he may say, My friend, move up to a higher position. Then you will enjoy the esteem of your companions at the table. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. And then he said to the host who invited him, When you hold a lunch or dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your wealthy neighbors in case they may invite you back and you have repayment. Rather, when you hold a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Blessed indeed will you be because of their inability to repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteousness. The Gospel of the Lord. Some years ago, many of you will remember two of the greatest pianists playing at the time. One was Arthur Rubinstein and another, Vladimir Horowitz. And Rubinstein was once asked which of the two was the better pianist. And Rubinstein said, Horowitz is the better pianist but I am the better musician. Was that pride? Probably not. He was simply making a statement about his own talent as he knew it. 
Whether he recognized the origin of the talent is another matter. At the same time, there was a great cellist by the name of Pablo Casals. And at the age of 95, people would still ask him why he practiced the cello every day. His answer was always the same, because I'm beginning to notice some improvement. A certain humility in that, too, isn't there? Remember St. Therese of Lisieux? When she was dying, she heard two nuns outside of her window speaking about her, and one was saying to the other, I don't know what they'll say about her when she dies. There's nothing very special about her. She was very pleased to hear them say that. Most of us wouldn't be very pleased. Humility is a strange thing. On the natural level of the cardinal virtues, It's part of the virtue of temperance or moderation, by which we judge ourselves as being neither too great nor too little. We actually know what we are, what our talents are. We recognize their origin as coming from God. On the supernatural level, humility means that on my own I am nothing, but standing at the foot of the cross, I need fear no one. It's a very difficult virtue. Since the original sin was pride, pride is part of every sin. As the saying goes, even from Aesop's fables, pride goeth before a fall. So we have to deal with that reality in our lives, don't we? Humility. To know what we are and what we aren't. To know what our capacity is and what our capacity isn't. To know what talents we possess and what we don't and to recognize their origin and for whom they must be used. I asked our service before Mass the, origin, or the, the motto of the uh, Jesuit order, and of course it's Ad Maiorum Dei Gloriam, for the greater glory of God, for which everything is to be used. That's why I've been given whatever I've been given. And they can be taken away, too. But you know, in today's Gospel, our Lord speaks of humility. He speaks of a wedding banquet. Now, the wedding banquet in the scripture is always either the kingdom of heaven or the church. That's the wedding banquet. He's not suggesting to us that we should, through some guile, take the lower place to be invited up to a higher place, except by God because of our humility. And only God knows the reality of it, uh, that we are willing to be a nothing in order to become something. But the great example of that is God himself. I was reading recently a a book about the Desert Fathers, and there was a statement in it that said, while the Romans were concerned with extending their empire and increasing uh, their prestige and their possessions, The eternal word, unnoticed by them, took flesh in the little province of Judea. And while in Egypt, gods were still being worshipped in the form of animals, that one true God humbled himself in Bethlehem and took human form. The creator himself
became man, like us in all things except sin. God gives us the lesson in humility in all things. But of course, the ultimate humility, the ultimate lesson we are given, is not only did God become a nothing in becoming one of us, but he took that nothingness to the cross in the ultimate and infinite form of humiliation and humility. God would endure what you and I would not wish to endure. You who would destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. He saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the King of Israel. Let him come down from the cross now and we will believe in him. Our Lord took that on himself and continues to do it in the Eucharist. He still comes to us in that infinite humility over and over again. So, that brings us to our own response to that. We are all called to different positions in life. Some of us will be called to something very visible, perhaps something very powerful. We may have authority over many people. But we have to remember always who we are in the sight of God. That's the only thing that really matters anyway. In the God's sight, we are nothing except by way of what he has given to us. That alone makes us to be something, if we can only realize that. You know, I mentioned to some students the other day about a, a great churchman. Some of you are familiar with him, perhaps. He was the Secretary of State under Pope St. Pius X at the beginning of the last century. His name was Raphael Cardinal Mary Duval. He was a distinguished-looking man. He was brilliant, spoke numerous languages, charming, a very impressive figure. And it was assumed by many that when Pius X died that he would be elected Pope. But instead, they elected a very small, sickly, somewhat crippled man who seemed to have no real talents whatsoever, Benedict XV. Not only did he not have talent, but he and Cardinal Duval had not been friends at all. But Cardinal Duval took it graciously. He was a humble man. In fact, it was he who gave us the litany of humility. You may remember that. Um, sir, I know some of you are aware of it. Um, I recently passed out some holy cards with this on it. Here again, we have something that's very difficult to grasp. This prayer is not an easy thing to say. In fact, it can be somewhat frustrating to even hear it. But again, we realize the humility of God. As I said, the Eucharist is that humility. He comes to us in spite of the fact that he is ignored, uh, in spite of the fact that he is rejected, 
abused, mistreated, he continues to come to us anyway in an infinite humility that we must then take into ourselves. And the litany that he wrote, by the way, he said this every day after Mass. And here's what he said. Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being loved, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being extolled, from the desire of being honored, from the desire of being praised, from the desire of being preferred to others, from the desire of being extolled, from the desire of being consulted, from the desire of being approved, from the desire or from the fear of being humiliated, from the fear of being despised, from the fear of suffering rebukes, from the fear of being calumniated, from the fear of being forgotten, from the fear of being ridiculed, from the fear of being wronged, from the fear of being suspected. that others may be loved more than I. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be esteemed more than I. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease. That others may be chosen and I set aside. That others may be praised and I unnoticed that others may be preferred to me in everything, that others may become holier than I, provided that I may become as holy as I should. As I said, it's a difficult prayer even to hear, although, as I've said before, very often, if we begin to say something, we begin to believe it and to become it. So we remember, finally, once again, those words of G.K. Chesterton, The walls of gold entomb us. The swords of scorn divide us. Take not thy thunder from us, but take away our pride. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed by the blood of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the church throughout the world, that she will continue to be built up into the perfect kingdom. We pray especially for the church suffering and the church in our own country. For this we pray to the Lord. Lord, For all nations of the world, that they may come to know Jesus Christ and his church. For our own nation, for its conversion, for all those running for public office and for peace, we pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering, for those who are hospitalized or in nursing homes, for those who experience rejection, for those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost the faith, we pray to the Lord. For a greater respect for human life, 
We pray to the Lord. For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, for those young men and women who will humbly hear the call of God, and for the prophetic witness of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, that in their humility they will courageously proclaim the kingdom of God, we pray to the Lord. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died on the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, especially those who have died recently in acts of violence, and for all who died in the earthquake in Italy, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. <clears throat> May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed And for all of us, that in a true spirit of humility, we may use the gifts we have been given, always realizing their origin and for whom they are directed, we pray to the Lord. Lord, We now join our prayers to those of the mother of humility as we sing. (laughs) 